I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined this week by Owen Hughes. Hello. And Andrew Brooker. Evening, guys. As we review some films and things, especially The Suicide Squad, which is our main review uh, for this week's podcast. Start with the quiz, like we always Mm do. Owen is quizzing, and I'm losing 1-0. Yes. You are losing 1-0, and I am hosting the quiz. And because I had 15 minutes to prepare this, this evening, and I had no idea what to do, um, I am ripping off Pointless. Um, I've got okay. some... Well, if you had 15 minutes, how have you surveyed 100 people? Well, I surveyed uh, my wife, Elisa. <laughs> Literally one person has been surveyed for this. Um, so, it, so it's whoever... Get your wife better out of me and Brooker. It's basically, what I've done is I've got some uh, actors and actresses and I asked Elisa to name as many films by that actor or actress that she could. And so bear in mind, she's not really very film savvy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is falling apart really quickly. Oh, it's so can, she, can she hear you slacking her off in the other room? Uh, no, she's downstairs and it's her birthday as well. So I should probably be a bit more polite. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh God. So like, yeah, basically. Um, so for example, if I were to say Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then you guys have to think of an answer that you think would be pointless. What film has he been in that she is unlikely to have said? So, you know, you might say, okay. Steve might say Broad The deal. Running Man, and Brooker might say, you know, Sabotage. Twins. Twins, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then Steve would be wrong because she would have thought of The Running Man. Brooker would get a point because it was pointless because uh, we all know how pointless works. What am I talking about? Let's just get on with it, shall we? So... It's um, that one that James is good at, isn't it? It's the one James was blinding <laughs> at. Yeah. Uh, so. Caravaggio. <laughs> Caravaggio is not an answer. Neither is Carl Vaggio. Um, okay. Will Smith films. You guys, you can think of one answer each that you think is pointless. Yeah, I, I can do that. Okay. So, do you want to fire off some that you think are, are definitely on the list? Well, men in, men in Black and 2 and 3, she would definitely got them. She I reckon. She got Independence, though. Yeah. And Bad Boys. Mm, bad Boys 2. Yeah. So, what are you going to go for that's pointless, then? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for... I think it's called this. 
a shark's tail, that animated film that he did a voice of a fish. Nice. Okay. I'll go for uh, Six Degrees of Separation. You're both correct. Yeah, you both got a point. She didn't name either of those. Um, she got I Am Legend, Suicide Squad, of course, Independence Day, Pursuit of Happiness, After Earth, Men in Black, and Wild Wild West. Uh, so there's plenty to choose from. That'll probably give you an indication of the type of films you can go for later on. Okay. okay. So next up was Ben Affleck. I need a pointless okay, answer uh, from both of you. I'm pretty sure I've got one that she hasn't got. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty easy. Go on then. Uh, the knockaround guys. I'm gonna go with Dogma. And only Brooker gets a point there. She said Dogma. She came up with Dogma. So yeah, didn't get the knockaround guys, whatever that was. Um, it's uh... no, she's not in the knockaround guys. Fuck, I'm in boiler room. Oh, let me have a look. <laughs> So neither of you get a point there. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Knock around guy. I haven't even heard of that. Is that just something uh, you just it... accidentally made up? No, it's... Well, it... Ben Gash. Affleck's not heard of it either. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Uh, we shouldn't name it. It still counts. Oh, well, with Vin, Vin Diesel, John Malkovich. That's uh, the one. Seth Green. It's shit. Yeah. It's really shit. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay. So... One point each after two rounds. Next up is Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Mm. Doesn't extend to TV shows, does it? Just films. Just films. Hmm. I don't know, man. I... Mm. <laughs> what has Ryan Reynolds been in? <laughs> please, please tell me that she said Deadpool. I'm not revealing anything. Okay, for okay. How about uh, the voices? I think I'll go for the voices. All right, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for. This is great. Um, this is great. Mm. <laughs> this is almost um, as good as when you had us doing Wolver- Wolverine Origins. Neither of you get a point. Unbelievably, of the three oh, films no. that she could name, she said Deadpool. Uh, she said The Voices and Wolverine Origins. See, so, I was going to go for Buried as well. That was going to yeah. be my... And I thought, no, she'd know Buried. No, apparently not. But she but did she remember didn't. that he was in Wolverine Origins. And The Voices, mm. which um, actually she and, and I both really loved. Actually, I thought that was a great film. I loved The Voice. That was a great film. It's brilliant. Okay. Now, this one, I don't know whether it's going to be easy or tricky. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. A man who's been uh, in tons of things, in everything. but what should like he have named? Mm. Oh, okay, so... Oh, shit, what's that fucking <laughs> one? Fuck. No. Oh, bollocks. 51st State. That's a good one, man. Fucking mm. hell. Uh, With Meatloaf. With <laughs> Meatloaf. <laughs> and Robert Carlyle. And Denzel from Only Fools and Horses. <laughs> Oh, oh shit, I can't remember the name of the one with him and Michael Sheen. Uh, so I'll go for... Oh shit, he's in that shitty Old Boy remake. The Old Boy remake? 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I can tell you that uh, she didn't say 51st date. But I'm just checking. Was he actually in the old boy remake? He was. So, Brooker and Steve both get a point in that round. I had to check it now. You made me question it after the knock around, guys. I had to uh, double check. I'm trying to figure out what that fucking god awful thing. Well, no, it wasn't god awful. It was actually quite good. Uh... Is she enjoying her birthday? <laughs> yes, I have not been around for it, so she's had a, a, a great day. Um, I've not been there to make it miserable. She's been out with a mum. Have you have you got any Have you got anything special planned for after the podcast? Um, uh, bedtime, sleepy time. Oh. Straight to bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> an early night. But, no yeah. editing getting done tonight. No, we're both no. having a tip. So, as you know, as you would do. Um, okay, so she got snakes on a plane. Sphere, which I'd never even fucking heard of. Well, apparently, <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Django Unchained, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown, Hateful Eight, Deep Blue Sea. I can't bear that as well myself. And oh, wow. Okay. Um, Deep Blue Sea is great. And all the Avengers movies. That's what she said. All the Avengers ones. So, there you go. <laughs> right. Next up uh, is Scarlett Johansson. Oh. I can't even name that many Scarlett Johansson films. Mm. Well, at the That's minute, you want two though, points each. Two points each at the minute. Hmm. I I reckon. Well, I don't know the name of the film that I want to. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I think her. Okay. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yeah, that's the name of the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one Good. with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah and she's a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of a computer. Uh. Okay, so let's go proper, really, really shit, hoping that you made sure she never watched it and say the island. <laughs> the Michael Bay film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh she did watch that with me, but she didn't remember it, unsurprisingly. Gosh for that. So that's a pointless answer. And so was her. Her was also pointless. Um she again this said horribly wrong for you, mate. I know she yeah, said this... She said all those Avengers ones again. Uh she said Lucy. In fact Lucy was the first one she thought of. I was quite impressed with that. Uh, I'm okay with that. Proud of that, well, thank you very much. And uh Lost in Translation was the other one. So, I think if your tiebreaker is a question of this ilk, then then you're going to need a second tiebreaker. No, no, the tiebreaker. Oh, it's so good. I hope we get to it. Um, <laughs> Russell Crowe. You're not Crow. supposed to be proud of. Yeah. Or not, we get to the end of your quiz. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Come on, guys. You're, you're tying at the minute with one round to go. You need a pointless answer for Russell Crowe. Romper stomper. Romper stomper. Okay. And Steve. I can't even remember that many Russell Crowe films, actually. Mm. Fighting around the world. <laughs> not accepting that. Uh, why not? As a documentary. <laughs> um, a Beautiful Mind, just because I can't think of many Russell Crowe films at the moment. And we don't get the tiebreaker because Brooker has won it. Brooker won it. She said Beautiful Mind. So, um, do you want to do the tiebreaker anyway? Because you seem I, really I really proud do. of it. <laughs> I think it was just surprising. I have to uh, have to say, considering she. Uh, anyway, I'll reveal why it was surprising. Do you want to go? Do you, if, if do you want to go double or quits? If I win the tiebreaker, <laughs> right, it's one all. 
But if Brooker wins a tiebreaker, you, you've now won 3 0 and you can make me watch something. What do you think, Brooker? Go for it. Should we put it on the line? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got to come and bring it back next week. It's someone this, else's problem next this week. Is, this is big stakes. I mean, it has literally no effect on Brooker's life whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the tiebreak is I asked. Uh, hang on, have we decided? Are we, do, are we doing double or quits? Do it. We're doing double or quits. Wonderful. So, <laughs> I said to Elisa, can you name a Bruce Willis film? And oh, only one Bruce Willis film. So you guys have to keep going until you name the film she said first. Die Hard. Not Die Hard. Steve, your turn. Sixth Sense. Not Sixth Sense. Brooker. Die Hard 2. <laughs> it wasn't Die Hard 2. <laughs> Imagine if she named Die Hard 2 and not Die Hard. Um, <laughs> what was it? Un- unbreakable. Not unbreakable, Brooker. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> fifth element. Was it the fifth element? No. Back to Steve. Um, get smart. <laughs> Was it get smart? No. Come on, Brooker. He wasn't in get smart. <laughs> I'm thinking of something else. Red. It wasn't red. The whole nine yards. <laughs> no. Oh man. Uh, I'll give Brooker this clue. No, not Sin City. Okay, Steve, you get the clue. One of the actors that we've um, already named also co-starred in this film, but she didn't say the film for that actor. But surprisingly Um, came into mind first for Bruce Willis. The... (laughs) Wow, what other factors have we mentioned? I can't think of anything. Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis. Oh, I can't think what it's called. (laughs) If either of you, either of you can jump in at this point, first one to get it with that clue. What's what's it called? Ben Affleck, Affleck and Bruce Willis. Yep. Armageddon. Armageddon. Brooklyn of course, it's Brooklyn. Armageddon. Yeah. <laughs> How have I not got Armageddon? <laughs> was I was the... thinking of a different film as well. I wasn't even thinking of Armageddon. I was thinking <laughs> of another film that probably didn't exist. <laughs> there we go. So what am I going to what am I going to have to watch? You're going to have to watch. Um, Oh man, what can I make you watch? Uh, you weren't prepared for that, were you? I wasn't. That was that was surprising. That came out of no. Oh, I know, I know, and it's quite an easy one to make you watch, um, because I know that you've already watched three minutes of it. You, you can fuck <laughs> right no. off now. That seems really mean, but really funny at the same time. Yes, Steve. <laughs> I can't even remember what the name of this film is called. Give me a minute. What was it called? Mob-handed. Mob-handed. Thank you very much, Brooker. <laughs> With David Courtney and Charles Bronson. Um, not that Charles Bronson. Um, the other one who's in prison. You're going to have to watch the remaining <laughs> 87 minutes. Wow. There you go. You, you're mm. regretting this now. You're regretting that double or nothing now, aren't you, mate? No, because now I'm in the quiz seat next week. <laughs> so yeah there you go if it's any consolation because it was double or nothing I will also watch it this week and we can both have a round to bail it how's that does that sound fair mm. yeah really fair <laughs> well, considering only one of you gets to turn it off if you really don't want to watch exactly it I mean I do have the luxury of just stopping halfway through if I fancy or I could stop after three minutes but Steve You've got to watch the whole thing. And you, th- you can Wonderful. thank Paul Field for this, because he sent us the film. I hate Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I 
a geezer right. movie that even Paul <laughs> couldn't stand. That's uh, yeah. some indictment, isn't it? Hmm. Um. But anyway, onto onto some news. Onto the news, yes. Onto some news, and there's, there's two bits of news really that we want to touch on. Um, first bit of which is we've had a teaser released for Christopher Nolan's latest movie, which is Dunkirk, based on the Dunkirk. Um, was it Dunver- Dunkirk evacuation of World War Two, mm-hmm. starring Tom Hardy, Kenneth Branagh, Mark Rylance, Killian Murphy, and Harry Styles of One Direction. Yeah, top billing. Which is on. which is interesting, um, to say the least. I mean, yeah, maybe he is a good actor. You don't know. There's quite a lot of musicians who have been good actors. Such as... Um, name three. Yeah. Um, Will Smith. <laughs> Will Smith, okay. Big yeah. Willie style. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Foxx has done both. And yeah, done actually, well both. that is a good answer. And... And... Ice Cube. That's fucking stretching it a bit. Come on. He was in Friday. <laughs> I mean, Beyonce okay, was in... Friday. Beyonce was in Goldfinger. There was that. Uh, gold member, gold member, even correct. That was another yeah, little test. And dream, and and dream I did girls. Ask for good ones though. I asked for good actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I've given specify. you Will Smith. I've given you three: Will Smith, Ice Cube, and the other one I said. Fifty Cent's <laughs> been in a few. Fifty Cent was in the film with Pacino and De Niro. So you know, there you go. Oh, well, acting well, chops. Mm. Any anyway, uh, I don't even think Owen has seen the trailer yet, but me and Brooker have, and. Um, what did you make yeah, of it? It, look, it looks it looks good, doesn't it? I mean, it it was literally a teaser. It gave nothing away except World War Two. Well, yeah, World but War Two, still... and, and there's a plane, and yeah. that's it, and some soldiers. Yeah, but this kind of carries it... on the conversation that we've had a few times um, together. Actually, the last few times we've all been on together, uh, and particularly your article that went on the website, um, Booker about trailers and spoilers. Um, is is this the way to market a film? Uh, to, to I use think a I think without any actual plot details or anything. Like I that. think it, I think it is. I think trailers are better that way. I mean, you look at the, the the kind of Star Wars trailers for Force Awakens. It gave nothing away, really, did it? No. It was just and, it was just sort of no 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 major plot points really. Nothing. It was just sort of if here's a bit of Star Wars stuff. We know you're going to come and see it, but we've got to do a trailer anyway. So have a look at this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, the Dunkirk one was good, wasn't it? Because it was only like 30 seconds long. It was literally, it was a teaser. Yeah. So, give it six months, we'll get a proper... Yeah, I mean, you saw, you saw none of the lead actors in it, as far as I, I, I could tell, at least, anyway. No. Um, it was just, yeah, a couple of scenes. But you know, you, I, I don't, you, I, I'm interested to see how Christopher Nolan does a World War II action film. I was literally about to make exactly the same point because you're right. I mean, surely part of the reason they can do a, a teaser like this without showing the stars, without showing the story, is because they're in a kind of privileged position where Christopher Nolan just appears on the screen. A film by Christopher mm. Nolan. And you think, oh, yeah. he's that guy who did, you know, Dark Knight and uh, Inception and stuff. And you think, hmm, that would be There's always more been this talk, though, hasn't there, of, uh, of Chris Nolan always having a part in the in the marketing and trailer cutting mm-hmm. for his films. So he doesn't give spoilers away in his trailers. I don't think he ever has. I, I don't think. 
Yeah, not, not to I my not to my knowledge. I mean, Inception had a very standard sort of uh, of trailer going for it, where it showed the big set piece, which was, of course, you know, the the road coming up above them mm. over the heads and stuff. But that, that I, was I, I, suppose, I suppose Batman is is different because they well, Batman's Bat- Batman. Yeah, yeah, and they have probably have to market Batman in a certain way to certain audience. The trailers are done in, a, in probably a more whatever a traditional way, so to speak. But no, this I, part of this film was filmed in my hometown, and then another town not too far down the road. So I'll be quite interested to see, um, you know, go and see it as well as for what hopefully will be a really good film to spot my town and maybe well, you some. Are. Well, you jump in the fence there, trying right? to touch Harry <laughs> No, but I did. I did apply to be an extra, and I got rejected. It was something stupid, like one hundred and fifty pound a day plus twenty five quid to get your hair cut. Well, aren't like they, they going to give extra, you to do it? Extras have their own sort of guild, though, don't they? I mean, there's a. Yeah. I don't know, they, they they put out like open calls in the local papers and everything, saying we need we need extras to be either a soldiers or b civilians. Um, is what you do, and you just went onto like a website, filled in like an online form. Then they got back to me initially asking for more information, and I gave them more information, and then they said no. Hmm. Fair enough. And they do do a, They do an open call every year for the the next season of Vikings. <laughs> I mean, perhaps, perhaps, oh, you would be brilliant to that though, Brooker. Mate. I, I yeah, perhaps, perhaps it's because it. perhaps they had to do an open call like for local people because where we are, where we're ba- where we the town is and the area is. It's out on a limb a bit. Mm. It's not like London. It's it's too. You're, you're three hours from London yeah. on a good run. It's going to cost extra. You know, if they're paying 150 quid a day, it's going to cost probably 150 quid for somebody to get there and back and put themselves up in accommodation for a night. So people aren't clamouring to do it. It's not like they just got to go up to London for a day and fart about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So quite possibly yeah. need more extras than your average agency can get to them as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was that was my experience with it. They closed off like all the town round by the train station, and you couldn't go on the steam train for a few days because they hired the railway. Steam train mm. is this in regular use? Don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a heritage railway. So it's a tourist attraction. How you get to London? No. <laughs> <laughs> Carry your big brown suitcase and you know wave your hat yeah. out the window as you say "Tara" to the ladies. Yeah, like "Tara" to the ladies. The ladies, yeah. That's what they do in those old black and white films, isn't it? <laughs> Lean out the carriage and sort of say, you know, Toodle Pip or whatever it is. Toodle Pip. <laughs> Bloody hell. Saying Toodle Pip to the ladies with your hat. No? I don't know. Should, should we move on to the other news? <laughs> okay. Um, which is that the... Oh, what's it called? Something like Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, whatever it is, Betty yeah. Redmayne, the Harry Potter spin-off, um, is um, going to become a trilogy. Why? Which just sounds ridiculous because... like, What you, are they going to be you, called? Well, but you saw things like... So so this, this film is based on a fictional book within a fictional book. Yep. Right, so people complained that The Hobbit being drawn out into three <laughs> movies... Yeah. Was was ridiculous because The Hobbit was one book and there wasn't enough source material in The Hobbit to stretch it out to three books, which I kind of agree with. Lord of the Rings trilogy, three separate books, three separate films, fine. The Hobbit, one. This isn't even based on a book, it's based on a book within a book that you don't even read anything about. 
So how can they make three films out of it? Do you know what, though? It's just given me a brilliant idea. I hope they make a film out of Alan Partridge's Bouncing Back. Just put a... <laughs> if you're going to do books within a film that turn into films, then that is one to do. An autobiography of uh, Alan Partridge driving to Dundee in his bare feet. I would have watched that. Road trip movie. No, just me? Okay, fair enough. But um, no, I think you. it did sort of sneeringly laugh slightly then when you mentioned about comparing it to the Hobbit trilogy. Um, but you, you, actually, you're spot on because... People, I know it. <laughs> yeah, or as always. I mean, I shouldn't have doubted it. The modest man is. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's true. It's it, people seem to be accepting it slightly more. Do you think it's because it isn't actually a book? It's actually just a work of complete no, fiction. I think it's because it's Harry Potter. Or it's because it's Harry Potter. Well, you know, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit have their fair share of uh, of uh, fanboys. Diehard nerds. Yeah. Yeah, to pull it slightly. But I think that's the thing. You, you, they are they are pretty diehard to be you know big Hobbit and Lord of the Rings fans. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but you know Harry Potter has got such a huge fan base. I think people are just clamouring for anything new they can have from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean so the, going, the, the play the plays really the plays meant to have been really well received. The new Harry Potter play for the you know nineteen years on and all that kind of stuff. Do you know what? I don't really begrudge them a film like this. It's not for me. I'm not going to watch it. I'm going to have no opinion on it, really. But I just... It's one of these things that... It, I do feel... There's part of you that just feels a bit envious, right? That people can enjoy something like Harry Potter, it came to an end, and now they get a bit more of what they enjoyed. I mean, I'm not going to sort of sneer at people who, who want more of the thing they liked. If, you know, they're going to make more Marvel movies, I kind of enjoy most of the Marvel movies... You know, they're not for everyone either. They're going to go, yeah. oh, God, more Marvel films. But, uh, yeah, I think whatever, really. Fantastic Beasts, whatever. I don't think you can sneer at the people that are going to get to enjoy it. And to be fair, the only thing that's putting me off really watching Fantastic Beasts is the fact that Eddie Redmayne's in it. Yeah, oh, well, uh, Because yeah, I, yeah. I don't really care that much about Harry Potter, but I, I didn't hate it. I thought it was all right. And, you know, if... It happens to come out in a weekend where there's nothing else on. I will probably go and watch it, but I don't. I don't want to watch anything else with Eddie Redmayne in it. Mm. But no, I mean I can't. I can't blame them for making that film, like you said. You know, because I believe behind Star Wars making Rogue One and all the other spin-offs. Mm-hmm. So can't really say. You know, you can't have Harley your thing. I should only have my thing. But, kind of attitude. Yeah, isn't it? but it does seem a bit it's of a stretch to make it. Calling it a trilogy. That I think so, you can rag on. I think it, yeah, I think it seems strange making it into a trilogy when they've not even, you know, and, it, and in a way, it's Fantastic moving away from the more places to find them. In a way, it's it's moving away from Rowling's source material because it's not stuff that she's. I mean, I'm sure she's had some input into it, but she's she's not written this film, has she? Or she certainly didn't write a Fantastic Beasts book. She's very protective over all of her own property, though. I'm sure it will have been scrutinised to death. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, she let she let Black Hermione go, and and then stuck up for that when that happened. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a whole strange situation. But she stuck but by her guns with like the films are, are British produced. They've got British leads in them. Um, she was very much behind the British kind of film industry, 
Um, so, you know, as much as I have no personal interest in, in the Harry Potter films, I think I've seen two or three of them. I couldn't tell you which ones or even tell you anything about what happened in them. But I, I, there is part of you that thinks, OK, well, she's she has given British films some prestige. You know, the, the couple of the Harry Potter films are in the top highest grossing films of all time. Um, for a while, I think that one of the Harry Potter films was like third highest grossing. So there is something to be said for uh, the, uh, the, the the prestige, the reputation she's given. I'm aware that they are basically Hollywood films made in Britain, but you know, I think whatever. If it's gonna if it's gonna appeal to some people, it's the kind of film they would want to watch. I'm happy to just say to shrug my shoulders, look at the poster in the cinema, and just walk onto the next screen. Really. <laughs> Time now for what we've been watching, where we have a look at the films we've seen in the last seven days or so that weren't necessarily new releases. Um, I'm going to start us off this week. This week I have uh, begun a rewatch of Homeland um, because I only got to season. I think I got put to season two last time and then stopped. Um, so I've just finished season one. It really was fantastic television. I believe it has dropped off in quality a bit in the last two seasons, but. The season one especially was was fantastic television, gripping with Claire Danes and Damian Lewis being on top form in the in the lead roles. Um, but it does get it is frustrating when TV shows drop off after being so good for a season or two, and then they kind of Dexter was one. Right to about season four, it was brilliant, mm-hmm. and then it was just disappeared. Des- Dexter like, does not exist after season four. Let's all just quietly acknowledge that it ends. <laughs> yeah. At the um, end of and, and Lost. Lost still breaks my heart after season four of how bad it was. There is an absolutely brilliant Lost joke in the recent season of uh, Bojack Horseman. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's Hurley basically explaining to Bojack the ending of Lost. Brilliant. I, I mean, oh. That show was. Just, I still. I still can't get over how good that was. But I mean, how- I, I would. I would love. I would love to give Lost a rewatch. But I just think I'm gonna be fucking livid when I finish again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was one thing to pull up with it, it one was, episode it was, a week, but it was. It was genuinely three seasons of brilliant television, one season of alright television, and two seasons of I'm watching this because I put so much time and effort into this stupid thing yeah yeah i mean uh i do i do kind of still have a grudging respect for the way that they ended it i think that the way i'm not going to reveal it i know some people still go oh it's one of those shows i should watch but i like the fact that they knew from the very beginning what the start was going to be, what was going to happen in the middle, and how it was going to end. It's a shame that the studio, was it Fox, behind um, Lost? I think it was Fox, wasn't it? And they basically... ABC, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 sorry, it was. Who just basically said, this is a success, make more episodes of this. And so they had to kind of stretch it out more and had no idea how to fill that, and that's a shame. How it ends, there is a plan there. They knew this was going to happen, and yeah, it was kind of predictable delivered in an unpredictable way but yeah i don't know anyway so uh homeland i didn't make it past like episode four of that no didn't get into it at all no 
Wow. And Claire Danes, I just couldn't understand the fawning I... over her, where that came from. There, there were some episodes of the first couple of seasons of Homeland. We got to the end of season two and didn't carry on. Uh, but yeah, there were some some episodes mm. I've just wanted to. Find episodes out. one, two, three, and four was you that it? Was <laughs> <on Netflix. laughs> uh, I mean, she wasn't bad. She, she, I think she played the character well. I think there were some episodes where it was she was really overplayed with mm-hmm. her, her craziness, and I was like, yeah. just, just fuck off. You know, you you get to a point actually where not only have you pissed me off, but I now actively want you to die so the show can carry on and I can enjoy it. Uh, Sadly, as far as I'm aware, it didn't 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 uh, end that way. She's still in it, and I think it's getting another season this year. It's still going, really. Wow, it is still going. Yeah, I know. uh, One thing that you did mention, uh, Steve, and it's it's taking you slightly off topic here. You mentioned when we were doing our uh, preamble that you've also seen The Witch this week. Yes. What did you think of The Witch? Because I am far more interested in talking about that than Homeland just to be selfish for a minute. Okay, we'll talk about The Witch. Um, <laughs> well, that's yeah, me stealing that's Steve's told. section of the podcast again. Sorry, Steve. Um, with with Chris Finch, bloody good sales rep in it from the office. <laughs> yep. Didn't have to toss uh, anything over a pub this time. No. Um, mm. It was in, it was interesting. It was definitely a bit creepy. Um, probably, well, I know it's Set not set in modern times, but probably one of the better modern horrors that I've seen did kind of genuinely give me a, a feel of uneasiness and, and spookiness about it. Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely going for the atmosphere, isn't it? It's uh, yes. it's not a, a film based on jump scares or you know twists in the plot and stuff. It's all about genuinely unnerving atmosphere. Yeah. And the way it's put together, I thought was brilliant. Could you, do you know a bit more? Did you go into it kind of blind? Sometimes it's great to go into a horror film knowing nothing about it. But Pretty, did you know a little bit about? Fairly, fairly blind. I knew of it. I knew what it was kind of about, but mm-hmm. fairly blind. Because okay, so if I told you that it was based on actual um, recordings of various reports of witches during the sort of pilgrims in America when they first landed there and were settling down. And it's based on actual accounts of stuff people claim to have happened to them. Obviously, it's told as one complete narrative. Does that kind of... Do you think that makes a bit more sense of what goes on? Because it is kind of jumbled up, isn't it? The stuff that happens yeah. doesn't really feel together. Um, no, sometimes it's feel like there's a lack of flow. Yeah, not so much cohesion in there. But I think the, when you know that actually... Um, what the director's doing there, and I've, I've completely forgotten his name off the top of my head, but what he's actually doing is putting together all these different stories and weaving it into a, a one single plot. I think that kind of makes more sense of what happens in it. It helped. I mean, yeah. certainly when I found out, I thought it made it made the film seem better to me in hindsight. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. the ending. The ending. Did you? What did you think of that? Um. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it just could go a bit, yeah, it? Mm. Went a bit crazy. Um, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a bad ending, but it was. It was. It took just off kilter, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm. So that's um, the witch. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Um, what did What did you see? 
Oh, I watched... Um, I've had a run of really bad films lately. I walked out of Star Trek Beyond, which we established a few episodes ago. Um, I've watched some shit in the cinema this, this year. I also watched this week the premiere of Sharknado 4, The Fourth Awakens. <laughs> mm. Why? Be- because it's like I felt like it's a bit of a tradition now. Because the last two times you've live tweeted Sharknado 4. Didn't did Paul do it last year? Last year. Well, you did it, didn't you, Steve? I can't remember, to be oh, honest. Well. I try and shut these things out of my brain. <laughs> so I felt the responsibility had fallen on my shoulders this year to live tweet it. It, it was just so, 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 so bad. So bad. I, uh, I caught your gif of the Chippendale hip-thrusting a shark, and that was it. I didn't need yeah. any more than that. Oh, man. Okay, okay, I'll give people a, a little bit of a, a, a more structured review than me just saying it's so, 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 so bad. Uh, it stars Ian Zeering as uh, Finn Shepard. Get it? Because it's Sharknado and he's a Finn Shepard. Anyway, he's collecting his annual paycheck, uh, essentially. Um, also, one of the, the great things about the previous Sharknado films, not the, I mean, because there's not much great about them, but it's like the, the list of cameos. You watch it and go, oh my God, how did they get so-and-so in this? Uh, this time, I wanted to reel off a list of the cameos, but I didn't recognise any of them at all. I think Gary Busey was in one scene, um, but he may have been in a previous one. This time, no idea, no idea. Looked through the IMDB page, and I was like, I can't even... I, even if I clicked onto their profiles to see what they've been in, I still would not recognise their face or name. So that was a bit disappointing. Uh, it's also just, like, not fun. In the slightest. It's completely lost any of the charm it was desperately clinging to previously. So, like, I mean, they're not they're not well-made films. That's the point of them, is that they're, they're good-bad movies. You know what I mean? They're kind of shit, but in a funny, laughing-at-themselves kind of shit. Um, the first was just... Just shit. There was nothing redeeming about that at all. That was just typical asylum fodder. The second was genuinely hilarious at times. Genuinely made me laugh out loud from how uh, so self-aware and stupid it was. The third was a disgrace. The fourth is an abomination before Christ. It's just... It's just so bad. I mean... You kind of get the feeling that because they've kept the same uh, writer and director combo, Anthony C. Ferranti is the director and Thunder Levin, what name, is the writer. Thunder Levin. The guy's name is Thunder. Yep. See, now you're saying saying that's like a cool name, but if you you were a kid and you were stood outside the gates of the school and one of the parents go... Thunder, thunder, come here. <laughs> you wouldn't think it was cool, would you? You'd think that parent is a dickhead. Yeah. You would so, like hope that your second name begins with J so people could just call you TJ or something a bit more acceptable. But no, thunder. Or, or, or call him Thunder Force. <laughs> what would you even... I mean, if you had a mate at school who was called Thunder, what would you call him? Cunt. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I'd be mates with him. You wouldn't be mates, that's true. Yeah. Oh, poor Thunder. 
That's why he's just left to... Well, I mean, he's doing a better job at making a living than I am at the minute. He's writing very successful commercially films for uh, The Asylum. Yes, but, so. but you don't have the name Thunder. Thunder yeah, must have... be a stage... Thunder must be like a, a, a alias or whatever. Yeah. Uh, not speaking of name. names, speaking of names, I um, tried to like convince a few friends, like jokingly, that after the Euros, I was saying, yeah, well, you know, I am Welsh. I'm not English. I'm Welsh. My name's Owen. You know, I'm not Welsh Owen. at all. I've been on holiday to Wales. That's about the extent of my Welshness goes. <laughs> um, and today, it was in a lecture at university, and three times we were talking about in, uh, intercultural communication, right? Thrilling stuff. But the lecturer kept saying, you know, you've got um, different places in the UK even have their own language and pointed to me and said, such as Wales. I was like, yes, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> I've convinced this is, someone. This is not a good mission to have, to convince your university fe- fellows that you're <laughs> from Wales. Wales. <laughs> it's a pretty shit goal in life. Yeah. I mean, as a, as a mature student, you need to find a way of making yourself cool to all the young kids, though, and I don't think that's going to be it. Not it. That's not the way of doing it, is it? Oh, dear. Yeah, but um, I was just uh, surprised. Three times, she said, and, you know, about Wales, and, talk, and pointed at me. I said, you know, you're know, you Welsh. And I was like, I'm not correcting her. She can carry on. <laughs> Keep calling me Welsh. Fair enough. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, um, well, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so uh, Sharknado 4. Uh, and it was uh, uh, the, the plot this time was uh, I, I don't know what the plot was. I looked on IMDB to see if I could get a plot summary. I can't get a plot summary from that. It doesn't was make it just any sense. Sharks. Yeah, the plot this time was just that every single fucking thing in the entire fucking movie was going to get whipped up into a tornado so they could suffix it with the word NADO. So, for example, you had a <laughs> fire NADO and then you had an oil NADO and there was a lightning NADO. And a boulder NATO. Um, the fuck? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This is hot NATO. writing this is. Yep. There was no discernible plot so far as I could I'm, tell. I'm never going to panic about the quality of one of my reviews ever again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So um, there, were, there, were, there was one funny scene which kind of promised a, a kind of glorious goofiness that the uh, other films had, which was the you know that chop that moment you mentioned with the Chippendale thrusting his crutch into a shark and sending it <laughs> flying off into middle distance, and that arrived about twenty minutes into the film, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's going to pick up from this point, but it's just a false dawn because it's just so downhill from there, uh, and it was already pretty pretty low down the hill to begin with. Um, I just lost any interest in watching. Uh, Watching the film after that, but I just like any ine- well the inevitable fifth film when that comes around, I may have to break tradition and not live tweet it because uh, I don't think I can muster the enthusiasm. I'll be now. back. Yeah, Steve can do it again. Yeah. I mean, with the asylum, I do kind of respect the asylum in a bizarre sort of way, I suppose, because they're just a, they're just a business, right? And they're being relatively successful with that business. And they're it, the modern day canon films. Yeah, they're the canon films. They're the Roger Roger Corman. The, you know, Roger Corman basically made his name with exploitation films in the nineteen seventies, and what he did was acting as a producer, gave debuts to all these like different film directors, and you know, people like uh, Ron Howard, for example, cut his teeth yeah. 
with Roger Corman films. Jack Nicholson made his name through Roger Corman films. He he basically Sylvester Stallone even sort of got one of his first few big breaks through Roger Corman. Um, I just think there's what the Asylum are doing at the moment is they're they're giving these up and coming directors a bit of a a break, a shot at something. Uh, obviously the films are dirge, utter fucking dog shit, but they give the director a chance to put their name to a professional production. One of those, obviously, was James Cullen Bresick, who we'll talk about a bit later, who's who's made a couple films for The Asylum. Um, yeah. But they are seemingly intent on making the cheapest, most derivative crud they can possibly <laughs> manifest and slap on a DVD for four quid. And I think it goes to show, really, that as utterly dreadful as like Sharknado 4 is, it's still not even their worst movie. But um, I, I have this, it's this respect. It's a cult for following, though. It's a cult following, and I think there's no question that the films they make are crap. But there's something to be admired in the crap. Admirable um, crap. Admirable crap. They're not even polished turds. They're just turds with a bit of, like, I don't know, fake snow on them. It's just <laughs> that's that's rolled my in sugar. yeah rolled in rolled in ice and sugar <laughs> yeah so Sharknado four there you go it's um worse than the third and worse than the first wow yeah. I mean I've not seen any of them I don't think I'm ever gonna bother they broke James I think one of the reasons that he quit Fail Critics was after he bought the DVD for Sharknado and was like what am I doing with my life so uh, <laughs> yeah okay and. Brooker, what have you seen? So I got really, really lucky and, and got my hands on a screener for the sequel to James Cullen Bressack's To Jennifer, also called To Jennifer. This is not going to work well talking about it because you can't tell that I'm saying the number two. <laughs> shouldn't it have been To Jennifer 2? No, no, because the it's first... two Jennifer, as in T.O. Jennifer for the first one, and the second one is two Jennifer, the number two. Two Jennifer. Right. It had me hooked as soon as you said that. I thought that is just so... Uh, that I... fucking name. Oh, uh, man, that is brilliant. That's genius. I mean, it's not genius, but it's, it is genius. Well, it, it's getting a third <laughs> one. It's getting a third, and you'll never, get bleh, you'll never believe what the third one's called, unless you've looked it up, obviously. I haven't. Three Jennifer. The Gen- third one, I swear to God, mm-hmm. is called... Hashtag from Jennifer. Oh, wow! <laughs> right, so the na- the names are shit. Tell us about the film. <laughs> but this is the names are shit. The films are alright. I yeah. I really like the first two Jennifer. I I bleat on constantly about how I love that film and the guy that made it. And I was really excited about seeing a sequel. I I admit I was less excited because he wasn't making it. Mm-hmm. So it's been made by a guy called. Hunter Johnson, who I don't think he's made any feature films before. I think he's done like one short and this is his first proper film. And I think he's funded it, from what I can gather, I think he's funded it through either his own website or a website he works for. Uh, so basically what, they, what they've done is they've taken the original to Jennifer and they said, they've literally, they've put it into canon by saying to Jennifer is a film. Like, it was a film. The whole thing was a film. So they've and got an interesting gimmick, though, right? The, the first two, Jennifer, was uh, filmed entirely on an iPhone, wasn't it? Yes. I so think the... it was filmed entirely on an iPhone 4 mm-hmm. or 5. 
to the. Um, it's got a bit of a, a hook, a little gimmick, yeah. really. To to so say, it, it's yeah. got that kind of like road movie kind of yeah. uh, it's, blog it's, it's kind two, of it's, feel to it. It's one guy who's um, saying that his girlfriend Jennifer's cheated on him, so he gets help from his cousin to basically go and confront her. And yeah. on the way across America to go and find his girlfriend who lives in this house, which is for some reason not where he lives, he has a bit of, uh, I guess, sidetracked by yeah. his cousin's mate and things are not quite as they seem right so no. the so it's all because it's all filmed on an iphone it is technically what you'd i guess call a found footage film even though the point of it isn't that it's this is footage that was discovered on a phone it's yeah it's just all filmed just, as if it's a documentary it's more of a home movie film isn't yeah. it yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but then this so as you said to jennifer the sequel kind of starts by going all that was just a film and now we're going to make a sequel. Mm-hmm. So the we get to sit and watch a film about a guy trying to make a sequel to, to Jennifer, which is all kinds of bizarrely meta and far more clever than I think it knows it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so you get this guy, this, this uh, Spencer, I think his name is. Yeah, Spencer. So... The guy that made it, Hunter Johnson, he starred in it as well, and he's the guy making the film. Uh, and very similar to the first to Jennifer, where this guy's chasing this girl called Jennifer, who appears, you know, it turns out he's actually not supposed to be anywhere near. You know, I do apologize for spoiling that for anyone that hasn't seen it. I'm, I'm talking about the sequel, I, I'm not sure how, how I don't say that. But so you get a very similar thing. Or very similar theme with this one, uh, with this guy Spencer wanting to make this sequel and wanting to work with James Cullen Bressac, who plays himself in this film. Whereas previously he was a character whereas, in the film. Whereas previously, yeah, he was the cousin, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, Stevie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. So he plays himself, who. Was you know he plays the director of the original to Jennifer. It's, it's a bit complicated, make... isn't it? It's hard to describe yeah. without knowing but, a bit about the yeah. first film. For a ninety-minute movie, it's really, really complicated and convoluted to try and talk about. But I mean, the 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 long and short of it, I suppose, is actually it's. I don't know. I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah. I really quite like this one. It wasn't as good as the first one. Uh, but I do think it's got a surprising payoff at the end. By the time you get to the end of the film, you're like, uh, shit, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that I... was a... Yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. But I'm... Sorry, I keep interrupting everyone today. No, I'm really sorry. Well, I was just going to chip in and say that... Um... I watched because you told me about this, and I I wanted to watch Two Jennifer for ages, but didn't get around to it. And when you sort of got this screener for for the sequel, I was like, "Yeah, brilliant! Send it on, please!" And I'll watch it. And I watched the sequel before watching the first film. I don't think it had any effect. I watched the second one without necessarily needing to know the the, the first film. And if anything, because I watched the first film after it, it made some of the stuff in that seem 
better because I then had this appreciation of it. But I think the the sequel is. Um, I didn't think it was particularly building up to a big shock, surprise, or twist. I think all through the film, the seeds are planted and you know what's coming. And I think it's about... I felt... I mean, maybe I'm just different because I, I hadn't seen the first one first. But I, I felt that it was um, quietly and, well, steadily kind of trying to organically grow itself towards this big thing that was going to happen. Right. Yeah. And again, it's really hard. The film's not even out, and I don't want to say what happens in it because it's it's, just, it's better to go in blind. Right. The best, you know, the best bit and and the, everything it leads up to. You want to talk about yeah. why he does it, and you want to talk about why he does it and what he does when he gets to that point. But you would literally be talking about the last ten minutes. You'd be of ruining the film. everything for everyone. It's a shame. But at, yeah. it, at, at the same time, I think what it, what you can talk about um, without saying explicitly the details uh, or evidence to say, to say why but it it really is well written there were moments in it oh yeah there, there were moments in it i was watching and thinking you know kind of, kind of you do see how it's like the first big project of someone and you kind of think oh yeah i mean some of the acting is really surprisingly great and some of it is a little bit on the ropey side but you know well, you yeah, kind the, of forgive the, it the and roommates are a bit fucking dumbass and the roommates yeah. are a bit great it's but... a bit they're a bit shallow but there were moments in it when i was genuinely taken aback thinking this is actually you know what this there are screenwriters now making big budget films that could look at this and learn something from how this is constructed oh there's, absolutely there's there's genuine um care and attention put into how it's made and because of this whole meta aspect to it i know meta is like a buzzword at the minute that some people just like go Ugh, when they hear that that phrase but there are moments in it where you watch it and like, there's no other phrase for it though. yeah that's the problem because it's like it's it's very um in tune with what's actually being portrayed you know it's yeah. like how could it almost feels like it should have been improv but because it's so precise you know it can't have been improv so someone at some point had to sit down and write this and how yeah. it's happening and you think that takes genuine uh talent and, and i think he wrote it as well i'm almost certain that, that oh did he write I'm it and direct it uh, yeah i think he did yeah i'm i'm certain he did actually yeah well, I think it's um, um, it's testament to his um, his talent there because I think I w- I was sitting there thinking, this is um, this is impressive. I thought at points yeah. it was it was quite impressive. I really quite like as well that you know this is another one of those films that you you just kind of trip across. Okay, it's a sequel to a film that I already like, and you d- mm-hmm. I, I said this in my review. I think you don't generally get sequels to films like that. That you know, yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a seven, it's a little seventy minute, you know phone shop comedy horror thing you, it, films like that don't get sequels ever yeah uh and it's quite cool that this one has and again because this is this guy's first proper film i'm quite looking forward to seeing what he does next yeah you me know, too because, yeah mm-hmm. you know and hit and miss as some of his stuff has been i've enjoyed watching everything that james cullen Bressack has done since mm-hmm. and i pretty much discovered him through well through paul really but through paul and watching to Jennifer, mm-hmm. so I'm, you know, I'm quite looking forward to seeing what he does after this. I thought he'd done really well, you know. Yeah, I, I yeah, he was. Um, there, there were, there were. I mean, I'm, I don't want to say like just because it's a, a screener that I, I loved it completely, and I'm not going to say anything bad about it. There, there were points where he, there was a scene with him in the mirror, which is meant to look quite 
intimidating, I think was the what they were going for. And I, I, I did. It looked a bit goofy, um, didn't it? I, I laughed a little bit to myself. I didn't think that was quite yeah. nailed. But, but generally, I mean, I, I, I want to sound objective and say it was, it was really well put together. For it's, it's an example of like some low budget indie films that you get that don't hit the mark at any point, and they go for no. the cheap and obvious because. Whether I don't know whether they're told to do the cheap and obvious because it's cheap and will help sell the the DVDs or whatever, um, I don't know because I, uh, he's actually this hunter guy is in a film called Restoration, although like in a cameo role, which yeah. I reviewed on here and I I didn't really. I think uh, we reviewed it like yeah we did I think actually and there the were again there were things in that to like but mostly that was more miss than than hit for me yeah. It was just a bit yeah. too much of everything crammed into one film. Whereas yeah, it was, it was when, an average film at, at, at its best bits. I think Restoration was an average film. Yeah, there was lots of... I mean, I think it was a bit too overly ambitious, Restoration, and they were trying to put so much... They had so many ideas when it would have been better as one of these that stripped back to being one yeah. or two of those. Uh, but, I'm uh, not 100% sure, but I think that was possibly Zach Ward's... It was Zach Ward, yeah. him Because Bresick produced film. it. Him and Bresic work well. together, don't they? Yeah, and I, I was I wasn't as enthused with Restoration as I was with Two Jennifer. Um, no, but I think did it, you was a, it was watching the first Two Jennifer last night. Did I watch them both? Yeah, yeah, yeah I watched what did, Two Jennifer. Did you enjoy after. the first one? I did. Yeah, I think that um, uh, it's difficult to say which of the two I preferred because I think that. They are a kind of compendium. You watch them both, and there's there's stuff to get from the first if you watch the second, and also because yeah. they, in terms of the plot, they that's another thing I thought was quite clever about the sequel was that they kind of um, it's a mirror image, but done in yeah. a, a a very um, unco- uncontemporary way. Yeah, I thought it was it was quite uh, it was a hark back to some of the older. Um, Stuff like I'm trying to think of the Intruder or or um, stuff like that, you know, where it's a, it's a little bit. Uh, oh, well, I can't get my words out today, but it, yeah, I liked. It. I think there was lots of stuff that it was it was doing that was modern, but also quite um, set within the genre yeah. of a, a twisted story. I think, yeah, but anyway, I th- I did watch two Jennifer the first one, and uh yeah, I like them both. I like them both. I don't think I could recommend one without the other. I think they just um, it considering the sequel wasn't written and directed by the same guy. Uh, no, it's surprising I mean, how he, the tone of them on, is. It got an EP credit, I think, which is pretty, you know. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. Just yeah. it's it's his product, so he gets an EP credit, and he turns up for that. Uh, you know, five minutes where he's acting. I do have to say though, I think his acting in it is fucking terrible. In the and sequel, I, yeah, I do, and I do love him. I think he's a great dude. But him dying in that film was one of the most accidentally funny things I've ever seen. I think that's why he's a director producer. I think. He, yeah. <laughs> no, no offense to him. I mean, because he was good in the first one, but uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was two Jennifer. I think. Should we move on to new yeah. releases, Steve? <laughs> yeah, why not? Time now for our 
new release review, which this week is Suicide Squad, um, part of the DC Cinematic Universe, uh, and it's starring Will Smith, Margot Robbie, um, and lots of others as a <laughs> team of bad guys become good guys, kind of, sometimes, maybe, as they take on some bad guys who are badder than them, maybe. It's it, yeah, yeah, very eloquent. <laughs> it's it's like it's like Avengers, but with bad guys. But the bad guys are having to do something good. In where well, you think they're having to do something good, um, but it's not for reasons of being good. It's for reasons of them saving their own ass. Yeah, uh, I think Brooker explained it on his review. If you don't mind me saying, Brooker, as a bit like Expendables. I think that's it, really. That conveys it. It's a group of people yeah. who have to come together for Pretty reasons much. that they don't really um, want Just to. For reasons. For reasons. Just because reasons. Because of reasons. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, okay, first first question, I guess. Because it was met initially with such a tidal wave of negativity. Uh, the, the, once the embargo was lifted on, on Suicide Squad... It was pretty much battered into oblivion um, and prompted David Ayer to come out and say, you know what, it's for the fans. Which again, I know is another one of these buzz phrases where people I go, oh, hate that. it's for fans of comic books, um, suggesting for some reason that they are different to people who like films. But um, so, OK, so, so, so my first question is, because it was received so negatively, what were your guys' uh, first impressions of the film after you came out? Do you want to go first, Steve? Because I know um, Brooker's probably got quite a lot to to chime in with. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. I thought it wasn't very good at all. Um, I, I think <laughs> okay. for some for some reason they seem to give Will Smith's character Deadshot too much to do. Possibly because mm-hmm. Will Smith said that he wanted that much to do. Um, I don't get the point of of. Harley Quinn's character, she just—it just doesn't seem to work. Um, it might not necessarily be Margot Robbie's fault. It might be the fault of the script and the film and the way. It, uh, I can't. When, tell but when whether... you when you say when you say she doesn't work, in what way do you mean that you don't think she fits with the film, or that she was just bad, or a character wasn't good? I, or... I think it was a very good character, or very good interpretation. I don't read comic books, but I. Don't... I think it's a very good interpretation of the character. It just seemed to be a bit, you know, at times it just seemed to be. I'm not one to really complain about over sexualisation in film. I think it's a bit, you know, people go a bit mad in it, but I just thought it was a bit daft in this. I just thought it was a bit, you know, you didn't really need to have her doing all that. Maybe it was okay, part of the character, but just, it just, it, I don't think it was needed. I couldn't tell whether Jared Leto was a, was a good joker or not because <laughs> it seemed to be so bloody poorly edited and you know well you know his part in the film could have been could have been more i don't really think i know if he was a good interpretation of the joker or not um hmm. the bad guy wasn't was just a generic bad guy the soundtrack was just kind of like oh well the marvel films like guardian of the galaxy they've done really well with their soundtrack by putting cool songs in so we're just gonna ram fuck it full of cool songs and hope that it works, and it didn't. And I think there was perhaps too many characters, or perhaps it was the characters there were weren't given enough to to do, or or dialogue, or 
you know, padding out. So it was just sort of two or three padded out and the rest were just there for the sake of being there. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, it is a massive ensemble cast they've got here, though, isn't it? Will yeah. Smith, Margot Robbie, Jay Courtney, um, Adewale Akinayu Agbaji. I said that first time. Didn't even Thank need to God you said that because yeah. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jay Hernandez, they've got Carol De Levine, uh, Viola Davis, Joel Kinnaman, uh, fucking hell, Karen Fukuhara is in it, Jared Leto, Adam Beach. Uh, ben Affleck pops up for a, a few uh, slightly larger than cameo roles as Batman. I mean, it, it is an enormous cast. It's. I think what happens with massive cast sometimes is certain characters do fall to the wayside, right? Or they try to give everybody an equal amount of time. Usually in, in films like uh, Street Fighter is the, the common example where studio said, no, no, you've got to put more of these characters in so we can have, uh, you know, we can sell more products with them, sell more merchandise. Um, I think this one probably doesn't suffer from that because certain characters do get shifted to the peripheral uh, of this story and the focus is on maybe three or four of them. But even so, I think there's there's too much going on in Suicide Squad for such a big cast. And as cool as some of them may be, and as funny as some of the lines are, it's there's just so much being squashed into just over two hours. Which I don't normally say. I don't normally complain about a two-hour film. Um, but yeah. I mean, I I can see what, what you're saying as well about uh, the soundtrack. You know, Ballroom Blitz and Shady's Back and fucking... Kanye West and all that. I thought it was it was dreadful. I, I really hated it. It turned it into a music video for from uh, well the introduction of all those characters, for example. Each one of well not each one of them because some of them just pop up later on when you've gone who the fuck are they? But you know each one of the main cast they try to introduce with an individual sort of VT, and they've all got their own soundtrack. It's a popular music video song kind of thing. It's just a uh, Phil Sharman said on uh, Facebook, who's from, from Wikishuffle, and I've told him I'm pinching this line because I thought it was quite good. He said, Suicide Squad, very experimental of DC to replace the first act with a PowerPoint presentation. I thought that was kind of, it was kind of, kind of funny. It was pretty much spot on. Each character is introduced very deliberately, slowly, and it takes the first act away from the film. Um... However, I've said all of this, and it seems like I'm also being negative about it. It's not a boring film. I thought it was quite fun. I, I enjoyed it. I'm quite happy to go back and watch it again later in the week, uh, which will be with you, Brooker. And how many times have you seen it so far? Three. Three. And are you happy to go back and watch it with me on Wednesday? Absolutely. And why would that be? <laughs> because it's just a shitload of fun. Mm -hmm. It's... It suffers a lot from the same problems that I thought Batman versus Superman has. So it's really, you know, in places it's really poorly edited. It does look like a music video, like a two-hour-long music video in places. But what it is, it I just I sat with a big grin on my face the entire time I was watching. It was just fun to watch. You know, mm -hmm. I I can't ask for more than that out of a film that's not going to be in the Oscar category next year. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing. 
at all remotely close no. to getting it Oscar nominated for for anything. Um, no, but I, it, I mean, it, I do. I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't offended in, on any level by the way the characters were introduced. I've spent my life playing video games that do the exact <laughs> same thing. Yeah. So it literally it just doesn't. It's not an issue for me in the slightest. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I I looked at it going, oh cool. And mm-hmm. obviously because I've now watched it three times, I'm actually I'm concentrating a bit more. And each one's got itself a little joke in it that made me giggle each time I saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I thought it was you know I thought it was great fun. I, I had I thought Will Smith was great. Uh, I think he was given the bigger the bigger part because he's probably the easier character to. He's also he is the he's the big money star, isn't he? Oh yeah, I mean, for sure. He's the guy they probably paid the highest salary to. His but in a face... film with the Joker in it, he's not the biggest character, or shouldn't be the biggest character. Well, that's it. I mean, we are kind of skirting around a little bit of the plot because we're going to do a spoiler alert. So we will talk more specifically about probably then we will talk about the Joker in more detail because the the marketing, despite the trailers being heavily loaded with most of the scenes from the film. They also featured lots of the scenes that weren't in the film um, yeah. and well, probably deliberately misleading. Anywhere you look that's got Suicide Squad on or is selling Suicide Squad merch, there are posters everywhere with the Joker taking centre stage, mm-hmm. which just isn't the case. It, um, yeah, it's it, people need to be aware that um, and I think he's not uh, as big bad as as may have I don't, been. In, I don't know if it, if I went in caring. I just yeah. I knew he wasn't going to be a big part. Maybe just because you know we've all seen ensemble films. We all know to expect not everyone's going to get massive parts. I was surprised the Joker didn't get as big a part as he as he should have got. But at the same time, you know, it's not a film about the Joker. Mm-hmm. Well, we basically... can't. We... Yeah. Sorry, carry on. Sorry, go on. It's basically a film to introduce the Suicide Squad to you. Assuming it does well and it gets a sequel, you don't need that first act, 25, 30 minutes introducing everybody. You know, you're going to go in knowing who everyone is outside of the whatever new people they find to fill in, you know, X-Men 2 style, where they start pushing in people that no one's heard of. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think, for me at least, it wasn't an issue having these these introductory vignettes. I thought they were fine. You know, I thought maybe the Deadshot one went on a bit long, but apart from that, mainly because I didn't care about the the relationship with him and his kid and his ex-wife and this shit. I, I couldn't care less. Yeah, that's clearly uh, just just there to make you think, oh man, but he's, you know, it's the same the, thing that happens in every one of these films. You can't have Every comic book film can it just seems to resist having yeah. completely bad guys, except maybe films like I guess Thor two had a just yeah. a bad guy, and that was shit, right? So each one has this complicated villain who's who's doing evil things, but is you know principled and doing them for a specific yeah. reason. There's no Skeletor, for example. You know, there's no, no. like just evil doer. It's no. And in, and this is the same. This is the same. Um, but 
I think actually for me, it's biggest problem. And I, I know this makes me sound like a fucking sociopath, but <laughs> I wanted it to be more violent. Yeah, I, I think w- that's I wanted, fair. I wanted a film about, you know, the worst bad guys in the, the DC universe or in comic book universes, no matter what uh, side you land on. I wanted it to be more violent. I wanted, you know, a bit more blood, a bit more swearing. I, But at the same time, I, I fully understand that this they're trying to sell this to Mass. younger yeah. people. I think also one of the criticisms that's already been levelled in it in two or three different reviews that I've read. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticising the reviews. I think that some of them make valid points and films are subjective and blah, blah, blah. It's fine if they don't like it. But I think one of the, the, the criticisms that I've seen crop up a few times is that it kind of glorifies gun violence. Um, and I think that... Yes, it does do that. It, it does. does do that zombie thing that that video games have been doing for a long time, where you you fill a game with zombies and you can do whatever that you like to them because they're not because human. they're not people, yeah. And um, because of that, your rating is lower, etc., etc., etc. I think it does that a lot because the, all the gun porn scenes are yeah. with non-human things. And it, I mean, anything. and in modern movies, I'm thinking sort of maybe. 2006, seven onwards, that they they don't really do that very much. And when it happens, with you know actual people being blown to bits or shot to to ribbons, it's like it is jarring. If you think yeah. of like the Rambo remake, or wasn't remake, was it the fifth Rambo film, fourth Rambo yeah. film? Um, that was just called Rambo. That had lots of people being machine gunned down in cold well, that, blood. That had people being destroyed. But, you know, in at close range by a fifty cal machine gun, and that thing, and that was actual gun porn. It was gun porn, and that really felt uncomfortable. Um, yeah. So what I'm, so I'm kind of torn when it's brought up as a criticism of, you know, oh, uh, it's just you know, it's glorifying this violent behaviour with um, uh, guns and machine guns and bullets, and I just think, yeah, it it is. But is it as perhaps? Um, I, I think for to all the issues that, that film it's... has, and it does have some issues. I think that's just clutching at straws to try and get clicks. That's what that feels like to me. I don't know. I think there is genuinely a moral problem with it, and I feel like I should be more uh, enraged about that kind of thing when I see it happen. But then there's also part of me that, you know, I'm not going to deny I like action films. I. I think in most people, there's this like base urge to see things blow up in films. And if yeah. you watch an action film and, you know, no one who has a gun fires the gun or no one who can shoot fire out of their hands and burn something, you've just, you would feel a bit cheated though, right? I mean, it's like watching, oh, I don't know, you know, a a Fast and Furious film and nobody drove their car over the speed limit. That's what it would feel like. And it's kind of... If you if that's the kind of thing that offends you, and that's fine, you know, but at the same time, just fuck off, essentially. It's not a film that you should watch then. There are people that want to see that, and that's not a bad thing that they see that in the film. Um, yeah, I, I don't think... I do think it's relatively harmless, the, uh, the gun violence, in it. and obviously... To say harmless gun violence is pretty shit. You shouldn't really say things like that. But I, you know, I don't think it's 
bad. It's not over the top. You know, I can probably name two or three films that have come out so far this year that are worse than that. You yeah, know, absolutely. That, that, that haven't had that kind of uh, vitriol leveled at it. And it well, does like, feel yeah, like... I'm, it's context, I, I, I think, is yeah, the key. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, if you watch something like uh, Saving Private Ryan, right? Yeah. Lots of people gunned down. Um, but the context to that is guns are bad. So yeah. that's okay to show that. That's, is that actually glorifying it? Or is it just um, purposefully doing the opposite? Whereas this has Deadshot stood on a car shooting things precisely in the head. And yeah. you think, yeah, I mean, these are people that are being shot. But it's got a basis to his character doing that. That's the, the point of that scene isn't that he's annihilating everything all on his own. You know, that's but you that are meant, you are kind of meant to see it and go, that was that was quite cool actually, and it is. Oh a, yeah, you meant to look at it and go, you meant to look at it and go, that dude is a badass, and that is very cool. But yeah. at the same time, the scene it has a point outside of that. Yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't uh, want to send all like uh, judgmental and, I, and stuff. I think it's, it's, it's been, I think it's been really interesting reason. watching, yeah. uh, even just like my Twitter timeline, just watching. 50-50 straight down the middle people between loving this film and hating it it's been really really like people I thought were probably going to like it fucking hate it and mm. people that I was almost certain were going to hate it went wow this is really really good I want to watch it again yeah well I mean Elisa my wife from earlier she from earlier what the fuck your was wife that? from earlier my wife from <laughs> earlier we'll bring her back into the studio Um, no she <laughs> She actually really liked this, and she normally doesn't like action films. She gets really bored with them, um, and it's it's there going, oh, just another thing with some people blowing something up or shooting stuff. You know, she hated the Expendables films. Um, Heresy. None of us really like Fast and Furious. I mean, it's just like she she's not into this sort of genre. But we both came out of Suicide Squad and went, that was really good. We both really enjoyed it. So I don't know what it's got to it that perhaps is lacking from similar films of its of its ilk. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. It has been very divisive. It's also brought up that ridiculous argument of uh, some people believe that uh, Disney are paying critics to slag oh. it off. Uh, I don't, don't know if you caught any of it, but me and... Uh... Brian spent a large portion of the weekend taking the piss out of the uh, did you? <laughs> account that has, that has cropped up trying to shut down Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, For that's sake. just stupid. I mean, there is. I mean, the thing of critics paying being paid by studios to promote a film, it exists. That happens. I think the the notion that they're saying, and if you wouldn't mind, also slagging off our rival studios films here's an extra 100 quid for your review i th- yeah. that is just conspiracy bollocks isn't it oh yeah it's just absolutely it. nuts but um yeah okay steve you haven't said anything for a while is that because we've said everything you were thinking of or we are you just sitting there going what the fuck are these two on about no, can't really disagree with much you've said, to be honest. I mean, yeah, I didn't like the film. It, it's not going to be the worst film I've seen this year by any means. It's not It's not boring. I'm not going to be... Yeah, I'm not going to be going to see it. I'm not going to be going to see it again like you two say, well, like 
Brooker has and Owen is going. You, you're welcome to come with us um, on our on date to Milton Keynes on Wednesday. Yeah, man, the more the merrier. I, <laughs> if I could, if I could make Milton Keynes on Wednesday, I would. <laughs> if, if, they, uh, if they get that steam train back up and running, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> more coal on the fire, <laughs> and then he'll be up here in three three days, weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, not really much more to add on that. So should we just do some recommendations? We do a spoiler alert for the people who don't well, want to well, film. There was one final point that I wanted to make before we go on to spoilerize um, the movie. Uh, was that um, and we did touch on him a little bit. Jared Leto as Joker. Um, you didn't. You said you didn't know whether to like or hate him, Steve. Is that right? Uh, I wouldn't say like, like or hate. Just whether he's, yeah, whether he's a, a good Joker or not. Because I just don't know. I feel like there, was, there should have been more of him or more to come from mm. him. And then perhaps from what he, the guy himself has said, there should have been more of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, he's um, been very he's, vocal he's made, the last couple of days, hasn't he? He's, he's made he's made various claims that you know, including that there's enough that's been cut out of the movie that could have made a whole separate joker movie maybe we should get that but also um david ayer said that that this is the definitive cut there yeah, is they'll... no director's cut coming no so... I, I mean i have i have read i i kind of i always take those kind of articles with a pinch of salt as well uh and i know i am very aware that i am a massive david ayer fanboy mm-hmm. so i kind of want to believe everything he says but i do I have read that, you know, they had issues with scripting. He didn't have long to get the script written. You mm. know, he had studios breathing down his neck because he didn't, he wanted to delay uh, the release of the film. And they said no. I mean, it's an odd one to bring out as the third in this extended DC universe, as they, they're intent on calling it. I think it, it's a Warner brave Brothers. one to do. I think it's showing that you're willing to do something different. But the problem with that is if you're not willing to actually do something different, you know, if if you're not willing to break the mold, if you're not willing to let, say, your director write what he wants to write and then direct what he wants to direct, then you haven't done anything new at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not um, personally upset with it. I just think it's slightly. Uh, I mean, because this is no villains, and you you're meant to gather from this they've had runnings with superheroes frequently. Right, Captain Boomerang's taken down by a cameo from The Flash, and uh, directed by Zack Snyder, by all accounds. Apparently so, yeah. Uh, which again, <laughs> apparently that plays apparently into that's this... a big, big news thing that at least three different outlets want to talk about. This one nine-second-long scene was directed by Zack Snyder. I mean, and... listen, I've I've made this point numerous times on this podcast. Uh, particularly when it, when it came out, Batman versus Superman is not a bad film. I'm just gonna. I don't think it's a bad film. I saw it twice in the cinema. I watched the ultimate edition before going to see Suicide Squad again. Uh, I think it's I think this is bad. why I like Suicide Squad more because I watched the extended edition and it finished 20 minutes before I left the house for the midnight screening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In comparison. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, like, personally, I just think that... The, I keep saying personally today as well. I've got to stop doing that. It makes me sound like a fucking knobhead. But um, <laughs> I, I think that it's... Batman versus Superman is just completely hated on for a, numer- a number of reasons. And a number of those reasons are legitimate. 
The the pacing of it is all weird. The last like thirty minutes you could just not watch. If they took out everything in Batman vs Superman that contained Doomsday, that contained contained anything to do with the Justice League, uh, and just had it as Luther, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, jobs are good. And I think it would be received much better than it has, which is why the Ultimate Edition perhaps makes it a worse film, because it's just more of nothing. But the, well, like, the, the Ultimate Edition adds like 10 minutes of war porn at the beginning. I think for what, no <laughs> reason. Yeah, I think what happens um, with the Ultimate Edition is there, there are lots more scenes of Lois Lane, so she's yep. clearly meant to be one of the primary uh, protagonists which is instead of a plot device. So that was a better better thing about the Ultimate Edition. You also have more of Lex Luthor's manipulation, which is a good thing. So all of this kept in, trim out all the stuff that I mentioned that wasn't very good, uh, and you'll be left with a much tighter film. And I know that's a rose-tinted way of saying, like trying to defend a film by saying, yeah, but if you ignore the bad bits, it's not bad, because <laughs> the bad bits are in it, uh, you know. But I think that... Um, it's still, again, it's just like Suicide Squad for me. I enjoyed Batman vs. Superman. I I think it's a fun film. I think there's lots of uh, positives to it. I think Jeremy Irons is a fucking cunt and could be cut completely from it too. But See, I like, love Jeremy Irons in it. I thought he was one of the best bits. But, I mean, I, I said regularly, yeah. you know, I don't hate Batman vs. Superman. I just, yeah, I, re- I don't remember it. And I, the, the thing that baffles me about it is people seem to have such a fucking bee in their bonnet about um, Zack Snyder. And I am not entirely sure where that comes from. 300 is, I, I'm absolutely certain, will go down as a cult classic. I think it's one of those films that you were watching 20, 30 years ago. Man, that was, that was, really, that was really just like, uh, I guess to me it's like The Warriors or... Um, something that's a cut above generic cult movies because there's there's more going on to it. There's more nuances than than perhaps it's given credit for. And I know nuance isn't necessarily a word most people associate with Zack Snyder, but I'm pulling it out there. I think it's true. I think 300 is. Watchmen could possibly go down as his masterpiece so far. Um, Dawn of the Dead. The one that I didn't like. Again, I didn't think it yeah. was shit. I thought uh-huh. I had some really good parts of it. I just... I. What, literally, I came out after this three-hour movie and went, nah, all right. Yeah, I know lots of people thought that. And I, again, I'm not disparaging those comments. I think they're, you know, subjective, etc., etc. Um, Dawn of the Dead is like the least Zack Snyder-esque film, but that is a good remake. There aren't many horror remakes of films that I already loved that I can watch and go, I still really enjoy this remake. Yeah. Um, no, I did love the Dawn of the Dead remake. I thought that was great. I thought it was a nice update, and I thought he'd done very well with that. Yeah. Given. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, you know, there's like, um, he makes good films. I think those, in my opinion, are good movies. I think you've also, the problem is that he has things like Sucker Punch, which isn't a good movie. Um, no, no, it's not. I can't defend Sucker Punch. I can't even, not even I can defend Sucker Punch. And then you've, it good leads, soundtrack, though. Good soundtrack, very stylistic, but no substance whatsoever. Um, no. And I think that uh, that that kind of penetrates most people's opinion that it's style and no substance, and most people don't seem to like the style. Um, and I think that the, the, that leaked into Man of Steel, which for me 
is his best movie. I, I Man of Steel is is. I've seen it th- three or four times. Each time I watch it and think, what is people's problem with it? What is the problem? <laughs> I, it's a great movie. And Batman versus Superman, because I think partly actually, part of the problem is Superman is very dark and people think Superman shouldn't be. And that's not a problem with the film. That's a problem with the people who aren't getting the what they want. The people watching it. Yeah, yeah. Which is a unf- it's an unfair criticism if the film isn't what you wanted it to be. You just take it as it is, and you either like or don't like what it is. And yeah, so, that's fair enough. There is enough there to differentiate the two opinions. Man of Steel, to me, is a, it's a great film. And Batman vs. Superman is a half-decent slash good film. Um, and Suicide Squad is a pretty good film. Those are, There you go. That's my rating system for this podcast. Okay. Well, should we do some recommendations then before we do a quick spoiler alert? Yeah, I think we should because I've prattled on for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, so uh, recommendations for the week ahead. Um, I'm going to go for Channel 4 Wednesday night, 20 past 11. It's the Evil Dead remake from 2013, which I thought was actually oh, quite decent. Scared the shit out of me. Mm, that's me talking um, about ho- uh, horror remakes. That is a good one, actually. Owen? Uh, Saturday at 8pm on Channel 4 is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Kickstarted the, yeah, kick-started the new franchise and was a very good start. Yes. Um, uh, so new to Netflix, I think, was last week. Uh, Kim Ji-Woon's Good, the Bad and the Weird <gasps> on Netflix now. Is he? Okay. Wow. It is. Okay. Yeah. It is. Great. Excellent. <laughs> That's why I thought you were going to I didn't to mean to say it, so. I wasn't accusing you of lying. I was just incredulous that uh, a good Korean film has been added. Well, I'm, I'm working on the idea that no one's listening at this point anymore, so I can just lie. <laughs> <laughs> they switched off after I just prattled. Okay, them. well, if we're going to lie, <laughs> Star Wars 8 is out on Netflix this week. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, watch Jamadito's um, Joker film is coming to YouTube. Yeah. And he's going to have a cameo in Star Wars 9. But you have to um, have a Bebo account to <laughs> watch the Jared Leto Joker I'm film. I'm just waiting for uh, Christopher Nolan's film starring Steve Norman. That's what I'm looking forward to. Wow. Contacts were made <laughs> while he was filming in my area. so He was filming your what? you wait? Exactly. Um, Suicide Squad, spoiler alert. So, for those of you um, who don't want to have the film spoiled, don't listen on Beyond This Point, and thank you very much for listening to the podcast. We do appreciate your time. For those of you who want uh, to listen to us ramble on about Suicide Squad in a bit more depth and talk about how it connects with the wider DC Cinematic Universe, carry on listening. Yeah, um, we'll carry on after so, the credits. So, da 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 credits. Yeah. That's how it works. Yeah, da 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 music. Credit. Spoiler yeah. alert. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at failedcritics.com, on Twitter at failedcritics, and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash failedcritics. 
Thanks for listening. Right, and here is some spoilers. Um, Batman's in it. <laughs> Joker's not. Joker's not. Batman is. Uh, although there is yeah. there is a there is a, a really good car chase through Gotham, which I thought was was one of the better bits with Joker. I I read a review that called that an extended car chase, and <laughs> I looked at it and went, "It's like twenty seconds. It's not very long. That's not extended by any stretch of the imagination. It feels more like box tick car chase. Like they've got to yeah. have a car chase in it, and it might as well be with Batman chasing Joker." Yeah. Um, and it also leads to a, a, one of the the most controversial moments of the film, which is where perhaps the biggest laugh comes from a woman being punched in the face. <laughs> every time, every time I've watched it, the cinema's erupted with laughter as this bird's been punched in the gob. And I think that, and not just like punched in the gob, but punched in the gob by a man, yeah, <laughs> by, by Batman. Batman. Mm. Um. I mean, is it controversial as it keeps being purported to to be? No, no, I, no, no. I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it's an issue. I think the same can be said for the. Uh, uh, Steve brought it up earlier that how oversexualized Harley Quinn is in this film. I think right. she owns it. She, you yes. know, she holds her own against blokes. In every comic book she's in, she holds her own against the blokes in this film. Absolutely, and she goes at Batman with a knife. What else is he going to do? I think if you were to look at the sexualization of female characters in comic book films, this is not one that you'd hold up as an example of a bad version. No, uh, you know, uh, as, Olivia as being sexist, Munn misogynist was worse. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah, I just didn't think there's any need for her to be wearing. Basically, underwear and bending over. Oh, not on the I, that... I have no reason to complain about that. I thought it was great. <laughs> no reason to complain about it as such in terms of what it looks like. Aesthetically, it's quite pleasing. But it's just like, well, is there, is there any need for it? I mean, it does. You know... uh, yeah, I know what you mean because it's starting to sound a bit like yeah, Callum, I think, though. Aren't I think I, it so... modernizes her a bit, though, doesn't it? Because, you know, she wouldn't be, let's be honest, she wouldn't be running around in that stupid fucking jester outfit that she wears in all the. the, the well, comic. they tease it, don't they? She takes it they out do. of the trunk. And it's like. And, she, and yeah, she's, been no in, she's got that dancing bit with her and the Joker where she's wearing it. And I believe that's a callback to something. I don't know what it is because I don't read the comic books. It's to believe... uh, Brian Azzarello's Joker, that's I think. one. Yeah. Um, uh, but the. So the, the it's. Mm. Sorry, go on, mate. I, I was just going to carry on with the point about her um, appearance in this. I think that she is specifically, purposefully, meant to be in skimpy clothes and getting undressed in front of a you know platoon of soldiers. Um, because that's that is, is. That's her basically saying, I don't give a fuck. You know, I can manipulate people with this erotic capital. To use a pro, well, an anti-feminist term, but it's like it's that's that's the makeup of who she is and how she brings herself to the screen. I think it's more important and integral to her 
personality type than it is to the director putting a woman in skimpy clothes. Yeah. Which is the the main problem these comic book films tend to fall. And comic books in general. I mean, what puts me off reading a comic book is if I pick it up. I couldn't read any... I tried to read some of the recent... Uh, I say recent. It was about five years ago. Catwoman comics that came out. I was like, you know oh, what? These have been getting decent reviews. And you pick up the cover and she's twisted into a position that she, you can see, like... Full on tits in tight leather clothes and the complete outline of her ass, and you just think, this is the reason people take the piss out of comic books, and I'm yep. not going to support it. I'm not going to read it if this is how. Again, and the defence for that was similar to what we were putting forward for Margot Robbie, um, in that oh, it's about her owning the sexual. That was not abs- any way That's shape not or form. owning the thing. Well, this is it. if if there'd been, you know, ah, oh, I don't know, if somebody had tied her up. And you know we get we we see her stretched out and tits everywhere. Then I think you've got a reason to complain. But her yeah. persona being about you know her own sexual exploitation, I personally I don't think that's a problem. Yeah, and it, uh, and again I think it's it's absolutely fine. What um what we should probably mention as well is with, with regards to the Joker because he's not really in it. He's just restricted to a side uh, support character. The real villain, as we, as anyone listening to the previous review will have gone, well, why haven't they actually talked about who the bad guy is? The real bad guy is Enchantress. Um, Given away think, in trailer three. Which is the trailer everyone said don't watch, right? Because yeah. everyone said which it's is the got trailer my, my mate said absolutely don't watch it, it will give things away. It's in the fucking trailer. I couldn't yeah. believe it when I watched it. Whereas in the previous films, uh, the previous trailers, it seemed like Enchantress was... Uh, part of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I mean, did I? I thought that was a nice twist. It, I did. It was I nice wasn't to go expecting in and not it. know actually who the bad guy was, or to mm. go in assuming it was going to be the Joker and it turned out not to be the Joker. Yeah, her, her character bugged me a little bit. Not her character, the way she moved. I wasn't convinced with her as an actress when she was in full, um, like shadow makeup kind of stuff. That looked very that cool. That looked really good. And there was a really cool bit when she first transforms into Enchantress, which is in the briefing room. Ooh, that, and you see fucking creepy. That hand that comes underneath and clasps yeah. her hand and turns upside down. That was really cool. But those those are kind of like the flashes of just genius that that film has. Because that there were, freaked yeah. me out. Because I didn't know it was going to do it. And the first time I'd done it, I shot myself. I was like, what the fuck is that? Mm, you know? Mm. And, when, and when you first see her when... The doctor's tomb raiding, whatever it is she's doing, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and Enchantress appears in the dark behind her. I would love for DC to go right horror film starring this chick because it would be I, fucking yeah. awesome. There, there, there was the opportunity there to do something like that. I think that in terms of like a lot, of, I mean, you mentioned it as well, Steve, about bad editing, right? I think part of the bad editing stems from the stuff they do with Enchantress. Because one minute she's in the underground with Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, the next minute she's not and something bad's happened and it's relayed through, um, you know, intercom. And I'm like, I don't... What, what well, exactly once happened? Once it's revealed, you don't... There's, I don't see the point of doing it that way. But part of what I thought was happening was that it was a... that she was... Um, she'd put some kind of deal together with with Rick Flagg's character. 
Because the way that it plays out is like, you can do this, you can do this. And then she says and, and, like, and changes. It, look, it, it looks like it looks he's like, let her go. It, exactly. It's like this is, they've, they've got a plan here. They've hatched a plan to free her and grab her heart from the from Viola Davis's just fucking terrifying woman character. Oh, she's the um, fucking worst of all of them. And I actually she, thought that was yeah. really cool. I think the way that it plays is that she's the authority, but she is also, she's the, she's the bad guy. In all yeah. of this, she is exploiting these people. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what? <laughs> but I think her the bit that bugged me about Enchantress when she was moving, like when she was sellotaped to the big machine behind or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. I think I, I don't know if she's supposed to be. She's supposed to be like snake-like when she's moving like that because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she just looks like a bad copy of the nurses from Silent Hill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, she looked like she was having a fit at some point. So I'm not sure. I, I don't think... What's her name? Cara Delevingne or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Well, she, she was in Paper Towns, wasn't she? I think that's the only other thing I've seen her in. I'm, I'm not convinced of her as an actress at all. Uh, yeah, I didn't didn't particularly uh, think that And the she problem was, is, like, was... I couldn't say that in the review because when I wrote the review, I was like, well, I can't say anything because she's the bad guy and I can't give that away. Uh, exactly. To to say that she's the bad guy is, um, is a, it, it would reveal... One thing I did like, and I've been a, a you know, supporter of his through some of his more... You're going to say Jay Courtney, films. aren't you? I'm going to say Jay Courtney, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I like Jay Courtney... And here he plays Captain Boomerang, who is... I didn't uh, recognise him. Yeah, he's the largest willing Australian. I didn't realise it was him until yeah. it came up at the end. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, wow, didn't get that. But um, no, I think he... Uh, I've, I've, I've liked him in some stuff. Uh, I think he's had potential. I think as Captain Boomerang, if he's a big... If he's the main villain in a Flash film, rather than him going fucking Zoom again, I think that there'll be... Oh, or the reverse Flash. I think that... He's a, a legitimate um, Flash rogue, you know. Flash has got some decent rogues in his gallery. Um, yeah. You know, Killer Cold and you've got... Um, See, all uh, I know from the Flash Guy. bad guys is from the TV show. Well, yeah, I don't I don't, don't watch that, unfortunately, so I don't know. But Cap- well, I mean, speaking of, speaking of Flash, mm-hmm. he appeared, didn't he? Yes, which was the bit that was directed by Zack Snyder that we... Um, we mentioned earlier, which was, I mean, what did you, what did mm. you think of that? Would you, did you think it was, what did you appreciate seeing the Flash in this film or not at all? I don't know because it's an attempt at world building and you know building this universe where everything interlinks. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I didn't make much. I think to it me. was okay. I think before you can make too many judgments about him turning up in it, someone has to timeline Suicide Squad. And tell me when it happens in relation to the rest of the the DCEU. Well, this is the thing. Well, right? we, all, all, we already we already know that Flash at some point does some time well, traveling. This is kind from... of my point. So, it, but like to to go back to to Owen's point about Captain Boomerang maybe being in the Flash movie. Are they going to be in a movie together, or is he just come back because you know he knows Captain Boomerang is going to be there? You know, it, mm. is it? It's. Because no one's quite with this movie and the, the the flashbacks and jumping about a bit. There's no particular point in time that this film's set yet, I suppose. So you kind of need to yeah. know where everything else lands first. 
But I, I, I mean, he, he was in it for um, 12 seconds. It wasn't, it yeah. was neither here nor there. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just, oh yeah, Flash, cool. I think Pretty much post... the same reaction I had to Batman versus Superman when he appeared there. Yeah. I think the post credit scene uh, gives you an indication of when this is taking place. I mean, there were lots of things like it acknowledges that this is a post-Superman world. Right, yeah. The whole point of them being put together is because uh, the world is now under threat from metahumans, so better to use some that you know of than to yeah. wait and sit around and hope that your guns wait, can shoot down a god. Yeah, better the devil you know. Better, thank you very much, Steve, yes. Yeah. Um, that, uh, but why that means they have to include someone like Captain Boomerang or Harley Quinn, I don't quite know, because they don't really right. offer much besides being a bit crazy and well this is actually uh deadshot isn't a metahuman is he he's got implants and is a really good shot he's a highly skilled assassin i think is the yeah uh and you know he shows his worth i think harley quinn's moment to show her worth is when she's in the lift when she's in going up and two of those zombie things break in and she just smashes them to bits while still was it putting on makeup or doing yeah yeah you're redoing her hair and yeah exactly yeah so um she shows that she can handle herself captain boomerang not so much i get the feeling most of his scenes are removed from the film um similarly he was there for shitty i'm drunk jokes yeah i'm drunk i fancy uh katana that kind of thing uh adam beecher slipknot was probably my favorite (laughs) moment you, when he, Captain Boomerang sort of goes, you go ahead, mate, you go off. Yeah. And then he tries to... I mean, what a fucking shit superpower that is anyway, the man who can climb anything. With, what the with, fuck is that? With a, with a, with a, with a gas-powered grappling hook. Exactly. That's not superpower, that's I've got a gas-powered grappling hook. Yeah, and then he just gets shot straight away anyway, so <laughs> blows his head off. Uh, no, he doesn't shoot him, does he? He uses the little implant. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, there were things about this film that... They are troubling, and it makes you question um, large portions of it. And I, I can understand why it's it, it got the immediate negative reception that it did from people who take the film as uh, from a like technical point of view, or you know, maybe don't typically enjoy these kind of trashy popcorn movies, but are forced to see it because they've got to review it for the guardian or something but you know it's like for for oh, most imagine imagine getting to do this as your job because you love films like the danish girl and you're handed suicide squad yeah i'd give see, it a negative review as well i think i think that would I, i'm not I saying for a second that yeah, that that yeah. accounts for all of the really shit reviews i think it's okay to just not like the film i think reviewers you kind of but there's there's this thing about reviews, right? I mean, how much is what they say influencing public opinion or is public opinion influencing what they do? And it's like, there's, there's this, this idea that they are reacting to what they think people want to hear or is it that what they're saying then makes people react to what what's being said? So, like, for, for example, this came out immediately with negative reviews. And, of course, because the world we uh, live in has such a immature, black and white, adolescent view of it's either really good or really bad. As soon as yeah. someone says something's really bad, people go, no, it's really good, it's great, don't know what you're talking about. 
all the review comes out and says it's the best thing ever and someone goes it was fucking shit you don't know what you're talking about it just yeah. it, it forces people down these two um avenues and because it is so divisive and because it is perhaps technically on the inside a bit shit yeah. <laughs> it, it makes these people um Oh, do, I mean, that's what I mean. That's the question I'm asking. I guess does it make people do that, or is it the other way around? Is it vice versa? I don't, I don't really have an answer. Um, but I, I, what I do think is that what I personally, again, what the fuck is with me? Why am I saying that word? What I think about the film, how it made me feel, is that it was an enjoyable, fun, daft action film, and yep. quite happily sit as a side plot in the this extended DC universe, this mythos that they're building. Um, I enjoyed the spending time with these characters. I would enjoy watching another film with them having to be cobbled together to do something else. I just wish that it was a bit more meaningful. There was there was more there than oh no, there's an evil doer who wants to destroy the world. Yeah. Okay. Well, that probably seems like a good place to leave this week's podcast. Um, so. Thank you all for listening, um, and we'll be back next week with some more film stuff. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.